Roberts. I'm the arena announcer for the Utah Jazz. Time now to talk about the Utah Jazz and the NBA on the Salt Lake Tribune Jazz Podcast. How about this jazz? And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's meet Eric Walden, Andy Larson, and Joel Cardenas. Welcome back to the How About This Jazz Podcast. I'm Joel Cardenas, your co-host and moderator. Joining me is our Salt Lake Tribune Jazz beat writers, Andy Larson and Eric Walden. Guys, we're just days away from the start of the regular season. You guys ready? Been working those fingers for typing in tweets? I was a little bit rusty at first, I'll be honest. Uh, my gamer on the first gamer was was subpar, and I apologize to all of you Tribune subscribers who had to read that. But uh, since then, I have hit peak form. I thought yesterday's triple team was very good, and uh, I'm ready to hit, I'm ready to start the season. Yeah, uh, I'm getting there. My gamers have been fine. <laughs> the whole you time, know, I can I can write a gamer You're in working my sleep on the mid range, mid range. Um, yeah, little mid range. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what Quinn says. I'm uh, I'm doing that. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to uh, get my trips booked for uh, these first couple of road trips. Yeah, that's um, right. The Jazz are on the road fairly 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 out the gate. Yeah. Sacramento first week. Open opening at home against Oklahoma City, and then they're going to Sacramento, and then they're coming back home for Denver, and then three game road trip. And I'm hitting both of those trips. So nice. Yay. No, oh, that'll be fun. Hey, on today's episode, we're talking about the Jazz's first home preseason game. Guys will tell us what stood out to them in the Jazz's win over the Pelicans on Monday night. We're also talking about an update to the Jazz streaming situation as a new provider makes available the games for fans. And we're also talking about a Wade coming to Utah to play the season, but not the Wade you're thinking of. And lastly, we're going to talk about Joe Angles, not a rap fan, apparently. <laughs> But before we get into that, let me remind you that if you want to keep up to date on the latest jazz coverage, sign up for our newsletter at sltrib.com slash newsletter. That's right. The uh, How About This Jazz newsletter is coming out, correct? It is underway. It will be coming out this week. you are not edition. even finished it yet. That's a no. <laughs> would, would you like to take it over? <laughs> I think we discussed this last week. You had one job besides the other jobs. Besides the other jobs. It is well underway. It'll be coming out this week in the next couple of days. Unbelievable. Sign up. <sighs> sign up. <laughs> With that I'm going to be signing at Andy so much this year. I feel, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be entertaining. We're trying some new things out. Uh, trying to make it like a little kind of shorter, quicker, quick hits. You know, I, I tend to write long. I tend to be verbose. I'm trying. Smaller portions, right? Really trying to be healthy. Yeah. Okay. You've made no. it shorter and you still can't finish it? <laughs> I didn't make the whole thing shorter. I'm doing shorter, quicker sections. We're going to have it. to have a talk after this podcast. Recording. Yeah, we're going to need to throw Andy a sock party. <laughs> With Joel. <laughs> uh. Guys, uh, well, sign up for the newsletter anyway. It'll it'll be there. It's going to be great. It'll, it'll, it'll be, yeah, you're going to love it. The Utah Jazz picked up their first win of the preseason in a 127-96 blowout win over the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday night. So Rudy Gobert led the way with 19 points and 19 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell had 18 points, 5 assists, and 4 steals. So for the most part, the Jazz were at full strength. Rudy Gay is still out recovering from offseason calf surgery. And Jared Butler, who we all wanted to see for another game, he sat out with a non-COVID illness. So the Pelicans were without also Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So we've got to be fair on that part. But guys... What were some of your key takeaways from seeing the Jazz at full strength for the first time this preseason? Yeah, I mean, look, the Jazz are good. like, And they still are good, and they still are good for the same reasons. 
which is that Rudy Gobert is real, real dominant and they can still shoot like crazy and Bogey can still shoot and Mike Conley can still shoot and Donovan is still really good at creating stuff. And this team is still can do all the stuff and it's good. Like, I mean, honestly, that was my takeaway. I guess my biggest takeaway, honestly, was that like Rudy Gobert is so good and is just it, it, when you compare him to Hassan Whiteside and Yudoka Azubuki, it's it's night and day. It's it is the best defensive center in the league against one of the most questionable. It is it is incredible. Rudy Gobert is is just an awesome player, and he was a plus thirty seven and twenty three minutes last night. That's bonkers, 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 bonkers. Yeah. So obviously Rudy was amazing. You know, he makes his preseason debut and just like beats the hell out of New Orleans from you know the opening tip. I'm, I'm sure he was enjoying beating the hell out of somebody besides his teammates for a change. Uh, and the Pelicans really had no answer for him. I mean, it was interesting in that Jonas Valanciunas has historically been a guy who, you know, can physically compete with Rudy. Who's a, he's, he's a big, muscular guy who's had some success, you know, kind of imposing his will on Rudy throughout his career. And... Yeah, it's a preseason game, but, you know, Jonas wasn't doing anything to Rudy Gobert uh, in this game. So, yeah, that's that's point number one. Beyond that, yeah, to Andy's to Andy's point about the backups, like, the subplot to that was when Rudy came out and, and you know, seeing Hassan Whiteside just totally struggle for the bulk of the night, right? Mm. Like, his screens were bad. He was, he was pretty tentative defensively, I thought. He picked up four fouls in the first half and—, and that led to Quinn Snyder giving Eric Pascal a little extra run. So we got to see some extra small ball five beyond probably what we would have in that game. Um, it was a nice little dichotomy kind of seeing how those two guys operate. I mean, the first couple of games that we that we watched the Jazz play in the preseason, Eric Pascal wasn't doing a whole lot offensively other than, you know, kind of taking really awful looking three-pointers. And... Uh, against New Orleans, he was really effective in terms of making these hard cuts, going to the rim and, and getting easy baskets. You know, he shot six for seven, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how much they go with these small ball lineups throughout the year. Uh, once Rudy Gay is back from that heel surgery, I suspect we'll see him play a lot more and Eric Pascal play a lot less. But uh, for this game anyway, it was it was interesting watching that little subplot play out. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, when it came to the small ball, because I think we obviously talked about that what, an episode or two ago, did you like what you saw when it comes to, the, okay, obviously Rudy's out, he's he's sitting down, but the dynamic that you saw within the team about playing that small ball, because to your guys' point for that last episode or two episodes ago, it's going to be a factor at some point during the season that we're going to have to see some sort of small ball lineup, or is it the fact that we still need to see Rudy Gay in action, we, we can't really fully determine that now? It's really interesting to me. I, I think I, I predict Hassan Whiteside will start the the season at backup center. I think Eric will be kind of the number two option because Rudy Gay is still hurt and they don't want him to play for a while. I think Rudy Gay is probably the best backup five option, though I, I don't think it's a sure thing. I think Hassan Whiteside deserves a chance to show that he can do it. And I think you I, I, I think because he is big and because he is athletic and because he's skilled, there's just an upside there that there isn't with Rudy Gay and uh, and Eric Pascal at the five. I, I want that flexibility to have in the playoffs to be able to run those lineups. And, and probably my ideal choice would be kind of matchup dependent. You know, so if the other team has a good attacking guard that knows how to attack Hassan Whiteside at the rim, maybe you go with Eric Pascal and switch everything. 
but it, uh, you know, honestly, it also probably makes sense to just give Hassan a, a, a real chance at it um, because I think he can be an asset. Yeah, I think people are getting a little kind of ahead of themselves in, in kind of writing him off. I mean, as much as he struggled last night, like, he's still more of a rim, de- rim deterrent than Eric Pascal was. And he, still, he still grabbed five rebounds, whereas Eric grabbed one. Um, Eric's not a rebounder. Rudy Gay is not, you know, he's, he's a better rebounder than Eric is, but not nearly as good as what Hassan is. So to Andy's point, there's there's a case to be made there for letting Hassan play a bit and and figure these things out because he does have definitive skills that should work in this system. I also wanted to ask you guys about, and this is actually something that you mentioned, Andy, in your triple team. You mentioned about Donovan Mitchell and his defense. You said that you liked what you saw. What have you seen now, given it's a preseason game, I, I get it, but given it's one preseason game, what do you see that he's either tweaked or that he's working on that hopefully he can catch up? Maybe not the whole 82 games because it's very tough to play all 82 games, but at least for the majority part of the season into the playoffs. Yeah, so Donovan has said coming into every year of his career that he wants to be a better defender, and we haven't seen it. Straight up, like, we have seen him say that a lot more than we've seen him be a better defender, and in fact... I think he was one of the worst defenders on the team last year. I think, ultimately, it's it's going to be an attitude thing, right? If Donovan can give the level of effort required to be a good defender night in and night out in the NBA while he's also the man on offense. And I think we'll see. I, I was encouraged by last night because it was a game that didn't matter, and he wanted to set a tone defensively. He was giving you know like really good efforts... Uh, to get blocks and steals and, yeah, I, you know, doing stuff that you don't see stars do in preseason games very often. Will it continue for 82 games? You know, I think that's the question, and I think that, uh, it, to a large part, you know, determines how, how... Because the Jazz's defense is a lot better when Donovan's very good. When he's making big plays with his wingspan and, a, and athleticism, when he's lackadaisical, not getting through screens, fighting behind everything it's weak and so then it, the jazz become a lot easier to attack i'll believe it when i see it at this point because we're in year five and like i said we've heard this every year of donovan's career but if it happens it does raise the jazz's ceiling especially in the playoffs when point of attack defense has been their biggest weakness one thing that potentially works in the favor of it being more legitimate this year is the fact that uh, you know there is that trust level with mike conley having you know, big offensive games. Boyan Bogdanovich having the capacity to have big offensive games. Joe Ingles is sometimes going off. You've got Jordan Clarkson capable of going off. There's plenty of firepower. There's there's no reason that, you know, clearly Donovan Mitchell is, is the team's option one on offense and deserves to be. But there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to afford having him expend more energy on defense and and thus a little bit less on offense and have those other guys pick up the slack on that end now will that happen you know that that sounds good in theory but again like we've heard this story before and uh it's not lasted so we saw him making an impact against new orleans we saw the impact that he can have you know three steals three blocks like that him shutting down that transition play and getting you know the block at the rim and then you know saving the ball in bounds throwing it into rudy that was an incredible play. Yeah. And and Donovan with his six nine wingspan, he talked about how his mentality in this game was wanting to be a pest. 
talking about like his mentality going forward is wanting to be more of a pest. And frankly, you know, this Jazz team can use a little bit more of of, of some point of attack defense. You know, I think they've been they've had to be a little overly reliant on on Royce O'Neal being their primary defender and uh yeah, they could certainly use Donovan stepping up and and taking that next step. But again, it 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 becomes a mentality thing, you know. Um, does he feel like he has the energy to do that? Does he feel like he can take some plays off offensively enough to, you know, give him the energy to do that? So, guys, just to wrap up this segment, if there's something that you could tell fans that they should be, that you saw from preseason, that they should start looking into when the Jazz start playing their regular season games, what would that be? It's really the only thing, like, it's interesting that Quinn has decided to stick with the uh, Rudy and Mike Conley with the second unit thing that worked yeah. so well a year ago. You know, like that unit destroyed people. Like there was a reason that Rudy and Mike were among the league leaders in plus minus. And so the fact that he's sticking with that, you know, deciding, yeah, you know, this is a real viable weapon against opponents, you know, decimating second units, helping us build up leads. It makes a lot of sense to go back to it. it. I was I was curious, you know, during the off season, would he, you know, go back to a traditional, you know, a, a more traditional staggering of the starters together for longer periods of time? But um, I think it's an effective thing, and we saw it work again. All right, next topic. So last episode we talked about the Jazz's frustrating the fans TV streaming situation and how if you want to watch games this season, you have just a few options. Not to mention pricey options as well. But stop the presses if newspapers were still a thing. Sorry, I know that hits kind of close to home. still a thing. I know that still kind of hits close to home. There's still a Sunday thing. Yeah, that's true. That's right. (laughs) But stop the presses. We have a new provider joining the Xfinity and DirecTV party. So Fubo TV is now providing AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain for subscribers. Correct, Andy? Correct. And and Joel, Fubo TV might be something you're familiar with as a soccer fan. Absolutely. got its... Base uh, it got to start really as kind of a, a streaming service for soccer fans who wanted to watch all the different leagues around the world. Now it's expanded into uh, being a real competitor for all kinds of TV service from you know sports entertainment etc. But has not really lost that sports home. So Fubo, I, th- I believe it's the fourth most popular streaming service behind YouTube, Sling, and Directv. I, it is cheaper than DirecTV streaming, so it's only $65 a month for the cheapest uh, package that includes AT&T Sportsnet rather than the $85 a month that DirecTV streaming is. The downside for FuboTV is that it doesn't have TNT and TBS. They don't have a contract with Turner right now for those channels, and so what that means is, you know, obviously the Jazz games that are on TNT are exclusive. They're not on AT&T Sportsnet, um, as well as the national NBA games that you may want to watch that are not Jazz games. And especially during the playoffs, obviously, right? So because, you know, you, you will be missing out on some of those games if you get FuboTV and don't have a way to watch those TNT broadcasts. So um, that is the downside. The upside, like I said, 20 bucks cheaper. Uh, you do get DVR, much better DVR with Fubo than uh, DirecTV streaming. So DirecTV streaming by default only comes with 20 hours of DVR, which is like nothing, right? Like that's seven jazz games, which for me, I want a DVR more than that so I can go back and watch, you know, various important plays if I need to report on them or whatever. No. But it's it's a good option. Like Fubo is, you know, when I was even before all this began when I was cord cutting and looking for kind of options to to make this work, kind of even ignoring the jazz, Fubo is 
probably the best or second best streaming service out there because again uh that that interest in sports programming that they they're very good at now was this a deal that was was already in the works or is this really last minute so it is the fourth there there are four kind of at&t sports net or root stations out there that are owned by at&t um there were one in Seattle, one in Houston, and one in Pittsburgh, and one in the Rocky Mountain area, Denver, Utah, Vegas. The Rocky Mountain one is the last one to be on Fubo TV. So it has been in the works for a while. I don't know why the Utah one was the last one to be hooked up. It is extremely frustrating that it was. Heck, it's frustrating from my point of view that they didn't announce this a week ago when I was, uh, you know, purchasing. When, when purchasing, right? Uh, you know, the good news is if you sign up for DirecTV streaming in the last week or two, they do have a 14-day kind of uh, refund period of that first month's fee, so that's nice. All of these, you know, the great thing about cord cutting is that it is month to month rather than a ongoing, you know, a one or two-year contract like Comcast or DirecTV make you do. So that's very good. But yeah, like it's it, it's a little bit late obviously but it is a good thing for jazz fans and, and i do want to say that you know i i think the the streaming situation has gotten a lot of criticism from from jazz fans and rightfully so with fubo tv now the jazz have a better streaming setup than probably 75 percent of the teams in the nba because bally sports uh the sinclair owned rsns are only on direct tv stream also so uh and they have i believe it's 17 nba teams of the 30 so jazz fans are not alone in kind of the streaming frustration. It is a messed up situation around the league right now. And to have two different streaming choices and one of them be, you know, $65, which is kind of like the entry level cost for uh, buying TV pro and kind of an all encompassing TV package online. It's, it's not a bad situation for jazz fans anymore. Again, relative to the rest of the league. Now I, I totally understand why jazz fans want something better or different, but this is kind of what it is right now. We just need like some sort of Sunday ticket or something to just to get complete. Well, like, look, we we have NBA League Pass, but it, it works the same as NFL Sunday ticket in that when you buy NFL Sunday ticket, you can't watch your local games. When you buy NBA League Pass, you can't watch your local games. You still need whatever that is. So I, I think essentially either the league has to figure it out so that there's not blackouts, but still a way for these local teams to get huge amounts of revenue, you know, like. The, the Jazz are not just going to start give up $30 million and offer their own streaming service. $30 million a year is too big of a part of their income to to lose. You know, they, they, they won't do it. So what happens with this? I don't know. Like, everyone is praying that one of Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, or uh, Apple get involved in this. But right now they don't want to because they're lo- RSNs are losing business, right? Like... So, for example, the Sinclair deal that bought, they bought 17 of the 30 regional sports networks of, of the NBA, right? They bought that for $9.5 billion. There are bankruptcy rumors about them right now. They bought wow. them for $9.5 billion two years ago. Like, this is a collapsing business that is collapsing, collapsing extremely rapidly. And I think fans are the ones, as always, that are the ones that are uh, lost in the shuffle. So, I'm sorry that this is the way that it's happening. You know, obviously, it's not my fault, but like... Um, yeah, it sucks. Like it, it just sucks. And if, if obviously, okay, one more quick side rant. If the whole league set up around collective bargaining agreement and and splitting the basketball related in, income uh, between the teams and the players, 
I, if we just didn't have to raise that all the time, if we could just be like, yeah, it's fine if we have a $100 million salary cap, then this wouldn't be a problem. But, you know, obviously everyone wants to make more money all the time. So It'll be interesting to see what Ryan Smith does next year, which, by the way, he tweeted out uh, in response to a tweet about the Fubo deal. He said, poco a poco. So if you don't know Spanish, that is little by little. So, Ryan, if you are listening, please come on the podcast. Nosotros podemos hablar en español durante todo el podcast si quieres. So, me deja saber, ¿ok? Me vas a dar saber y todo va a estar bien, ¿verdad? ¿Qué piensan ustedes? Yo, wait, 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 wait. I can do this. All right. I agree. Is it a acuerdo? Sí, estoy de acuerdo. Sí, estoy de acuerdo de Ryan Smith should... Vi viaja? Oh, no, okay. no, um, Debe estar en el podcast con nosotros. Habla con nosotros en How About This Jazz Podcast. There you go. There you go. Nice job. That, that was pretty wide of you. Oh, sí. Just wait until we get to the Joe Ingles section. <laughs> Before we get to that, though, let's talk about uh, a Wade playing here in Salt Lake City. But no, not the jazz part owner, Dwayne Wade. He's not coming out of retirement. It's his oldest son, Zaire, three, uh, a three-star high school recruit. He'll be joining the Jazz's G League affiliates, the Salt Lake City Stars, according from a report from Shams, who reported it first. So, despite offers from several schools, so Wade uh, never committed to a collegiate program, and he and the Stars will begin the G League season on November 5th against the Oklahoma City Blue. So, Eric, you reported this. You wrote it for us. What are your what, what are your thoughts on this, and also how did this all come about? If you know, can we get Shams on the podcast? Uh, no, N not yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no um, yeah, we haven't heard anything from from Zaire or from the Stars or anything like that, so we don't know the details of how it came about. But I mean, it's interesting in that like he pretty instantly becomes like arguably the most famous guy ever to play for the Salt Lake City Stars beyond you know jazz players who've spent a game or two there or whatever um yeah like kyle collinsworth did from byu yeah <laughs> you know he's a name as, as as to whether he's a player i guess that's still up for some amount of debate you know three-star recruit is not necessarily uh super awesome you know he was he was not the top player on his high school team he was not the second best player on his own high school team and, and granted, it was a loaded high school team, but I mean, he averaged four points a game playing on a, on, on a team with Bronny James and DJ Boston, who went on to Kentucky and went on to become the 51st overall pick by the Clippers this year, you know. So um, after that, he, he transferred to a prep boarding school uh, in New Hampshire that one Donovan Mitchell spent some time at uh, to kind of raise his profile and... Uh, did that raise his profile enough to get signed by the G League Salt Lake City Stars? Or did, you know, him having the last name Wade and his dad being a part owner of the Utah Jazz uh, accomplish that? I don't know. I mean, this is a guy who averaged four points a game as a high school senior, right? So there's some level of question as to as to whether this is just a case of, like, pure nepotism going on or, or whether, you know... There are some intriguing things about his game worthy of being developed. I mean, it's not unprecedented, right? We we saw that we saw this happen with the G League Ignite this past season, in which guys were signing right out of high school into the G League, basically as a means of being developed uh, into NBA players. And 
Um, you know, the difference there would be the G League Ignite were pretty much comprised entirely of five-star high school recruits, and three of them wound up getting drafted in, in 2021. You've had uh, Jalen Green going second, Jonathan Kuminga going seventh, and Isaiah, and Isaiah Todd going 31st, so not bad. We'll have to see what uh, Zaire's capable of. You know, he's he's a kid who partly because of who his dad is and, and partly on his own merit has been, you know, on the radar for some time. But by the same token, he was he was the 296th ranked prospect in, in, in the class of 2021. So it's interesting, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily significant. Yeah, like, you know, it's fine. Like, you don't know who was the 12th man on the stars last year. No. And so it's fine. Like, was the 12th man on the Stars going to work his way up to be an NBA player? No. Will Zaire? Probably not. But, like, you know, he's 19. He's a young kid. Like, might get good. It's good to have Dwayne Wade around for Donovan Mitchell's sake. Yeah. It's good. This is a good thing. Then we're all in agreement. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean. It's fine. I I saw a few people on on social media who were like, this should be a merit-based system. And. Yeah, do we care about who the twelfth player on this on the Salt Lake City Stars is? So, and look, like if it were the NBA, that'd be one thing, right? Like it's it's the G League, right? Like it is the fifth best basketball league in the world. And if you are not good, you know, if you were on the cusp of making a G League roster and can't because of Zaire Wade, then you can go to Lithuania and get probably more money and play in the sixth best basketball league in the world. And yeah, then you live in Lithuania. So like pros and cons, right? Like, but it's. there are still paths there. It's not unfair to anyone. No one cares if the stars win basketball games. Like it's, it's good. Like the whole point is just do things that are good for the jazz and having Zaire Wade around, which means Dwayne Wade will be around more is very good for the jazz because it's very good for Donovan Mitchell in a way that like having, you know, again, the, the, another 12th man on a G league team wouldn't be. I mean, maybe the other upside of going to play in Lithuania is you get to play for, Former Salt Lake City Stars coach Martin Schiller. Yeah, Martin Schiller's great. Yeah. See? We found some upside. I was going to say my apologies to all of our listeners in Lithuania for what Andy said about living in Lithuania, but... <laughs> it's probably fine. I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, that was, quite, that was quite the assumption you were throwing out there. My <laughs> assumption is that Utah is the greatest state and greatest place to live in the entire world, and therefore everywhere else comes second. Wow. Governor. Governor Larson here. That's, I like the enthusiasm, man. I like it. Good job, <laughs> guys. Before we get to our quick hits, let me give you let me give you the listener a friendly reminder that if you want access to all of our coverage from the Jazz to our award winning news reporting, subscribe to the Salt Lake Tribune at sltrib.com/support. Last thing for a quick hit, so I don't know if you guys saw, so the Jazz social media team posted a TikTok video of Joe Engels being asked which album is better, Kanye West Donda or Drake's Certified Lover Boy. So Joe. Gave an honest answer, and one Donovan Mitchell, who was standing behind Ingles, couldn't help but react. Let's take a listen. CLV versus Donda. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really. I knew that. (laughs) All right, so Andy, Eric, I'm just going to ask you the question. Better album, Donda or CLB? You know, that's a great question, Joel, and I'm glad you asked it. I I think both albums have incredible lyrical notes that I, I mean just like the, the sonic layering in both albums 
it's just hard to know. It's hard to say. I, I think, uh, I mean, just some of the unique stuff you get on each album. Come on. One <laughs> is, it's just, uh, you know, the, 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 the track records on each <laughs> with some unforgettable songs. <laughs> like? <on laughs> One of them versus the other. I mean, it's it's just <laughs> incredible. Uh, I, I just uh, it, it, you know, yeah. it's like picking between one of my yeah. two children. I yeah. can't, I can't, I can't pick yeah. it. It's it's impossible. That one track, how, right? You know, how, that one track's really great. How many children do you have, Annie? Uh, those are my only two, <laughs> and I love them both equally for uh, just the the incredible emotion and uh, feeling that I get from listening to. The songs, Eric, thoughts. <laughs> I'm wondering if we asked Andy how many fingers he needed to hold up to represent the times he's listened to either of those albums. How many fingers he would hold up? At infinite fingers. Infinite. I, I only listen to those albums now. <laughs> well, apparently Donovan Mitchell They're has listened to both albums. I'm, so. I'm holding up two middle fingers. <laughs> tell Andy what I think of that music review. I'm not claiming to be the biggest hip hop fan in the world. I have listened to both albums. The correct answer is Certified Lover Boy. CLB Absolutely. is the winner. I agree. I agree. Certified Lover Boy is better. I can't pick between just two equally you uninspired. You can't pick between what you haven't you, listened you to. You know what you do? You go on Twitter. You got a lot of followers. Go ahead and ask, hey, what's the better album? Which one of my children should I favor here in this part? You wouldn't do that to your children. Well, I can't imagine doing that. You're making me. I, I'm gonna. I'm shedding a tear right now. You know what else Again, you don't do to your children, Andy? Hey, one you of the don't kids go to college, shut them in a room, turn off the light, lock the door, and never acknowledge their existence. You know, they just speak to me in such different but equally valid ways, and I. The 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 tonality. The. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's gonna ask you next time. Like, hey, what was your favorite track on CLB? What are you gonna say? It's just too hard to choose. <laughs> it's just impossible to choose. Man, when I said earlier that that was the whitest thing that Andy had ever done, well, we I need, spoke it's like we soon. have Joe Angles here. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, track I one. I don't know what that is. I mean, it I don't starts know what off you're so talking well. about. Start, uh, track two is amazing. <laughs> what do you? What does Joe Engels listen to? Is he a rock guy or what? what are you guys have you guys heard? Uh, of there is I, I there is a song that when he was choosing his introductions, uh, it was Hilltop Hoods, uh, which is an Australian band, and their song 1955, which is actually a very good song. Um, you can look it up on Spotify, but it's I enjoyed it a lot. So that's the song I know he listens to. Yeah, I know no artist from Australia. Like, all I could think about is, like, Men at Work, but that's, like, 1980-something. Yeah, I mean, ACDC. Um, is ACDC Australian? They're Australian? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, no. They're know original. They were, they were born <laughs> yeah, in Scotland, but they, moved, but they moved to Australia oh. at a young age. Um, I used to know a few more. I can't think of them now. We need to add, well, you know what? Next time, we will have our classic rock list down of Australian, of Australian groups because... I don't know. You know, if only we had the Tribune's music writer here to answer these questions. The Eric. Tribune doesn't have a music writer. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this. I do basketball now. Oh, and you've just Midnight Oil. You ever knew Tame Impala, Divinals. Oh, Impala. oh okay, Tame Impala. Powderfinger, Hunters and Collect. I've never heard of a lot. 
the Bee Gees are perhaps the most. All right, Maybe then. we should get Joe to change to the Bee Gees. I that or Tame Impala. He deserve he deserves that after after his uh, Donda versus CLB response. Yeah, at least Donovan Mitchell they got need his to, belly laugh. They need it. to overrule him and just like put the Bee Gees and be like, "You want an Australian band? There's your Australian band. You get some Olivia Newton John." All Australian bands are equally good. <laughs> There's your music review right there. That sigh from Eric Walden was our music review of the week. <laughs> Guys, as always, it's a pleasure. So remember to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, you can find it on all major podcast platforms. We're coming also to uh, Amazon soon also as well. So check that out as well. And stay tuned as we'll have obviously the scene is kicking off. We're going to have much more episodes. We're going to have some special episodes here. We'll have some guests. It'll all be fun. So remember to tell your friends as well to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us at social media. I'm at Shuel Caronas. I'm at Andy B. Larson. And I am at Trib Jazz. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.